Our weekly podcast is proudly sponsored by LAWD, the specialists in agribusiness valuations and transactions. To find out more, head to lawd.com.au. You know, when you first get diagnosed and it, and we, you're always never going to, like you always think this would never happen to you. That's, that's the way we are as humans. Um, you know, and you've always heard of somebody but you don't actually know them or, you know, it, it's quite like that. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. This week, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Turbul and Yagera peoples, the traditional custodians on the lands on which we record this podcast and extend my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This week on the Humans of Agriculture podcast, we are heading back to share the story of an extraordinary family and Antola shirt ambassador. Tiffany Sayers is an incredible woman. I walked away from this chat just in awe of her resilience and optimism and how she's able to deal in her current situation. In this episode, Tiff shares a little bit about her journey and the story of her daughter, Ava. In March of 2021, Ava was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma, only a month before her eighth birthday. For the past 12 months, and for another six still to go, Ava and her mum Tiff, alongside her sister Caitlin, have been calling the Ronald McDonald House home in southeast Queensland. The family left their home in Harvey Bay behind, literally overnight. And since then, the Ronnie Mac home and Ronnie Mac family have played a huge part for their lives. At the end of this episode, I sat down very quickly for a chat with Preshni Pillay, the Executive Manager of Marketing and Communications for the Ronald McDonald House in Southeast Queensland. To find out more about their programs and their support, follow the links in our bio. But I'll hand over to you guys because we're here in the Ronald McDonald House um, in Brisbane and we've got Tiffany, Ava and Caitlin with us. So welcome to the Humans of Agriculture podcast. Hi. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a break for us between our last and Tola Shirt Ambassadors and obviously that's um, where Ava came, comes in uh, for, for her story as part of that. So um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about you guys and where, where you're from and what's brought you to Brisbane? Uh, so we have been here for a year now. We came down last year just overnight, got a diagnosis and at night like at night they pulled me out and gave me the diagnosis and we were here the next day. So um, Ava's got stage four high risk neuroblastoma and we were about an hour out of Harvey Bay. Um, yeah, and she just got sick and all of a sudden we're in Brisbane at Ronnie McDonald House and we've been here a year. We'll, we'll come back to that in a second, but I do, because you guys have, you've moved around a few different regions, you've lived in a couple of different <laughs> areas. So home um, was around Harvey Bay, but you also mentioned, Tiff, that you grew up out uh, out near Blackall, is that right? Yeah, yep. So grew up um, out near Blackall and then um, obviously went away from there for a bit and then uh, went to Rocky and then... There was no hairdressers out in Blackall, so I went back out and opened the hairdressers out there. So, yeah, took the kids out and gave them a bit of a country lifestyle, so that was nice. And then, yeah, decided once I got to high school, we'd move back to the coast and, yeah, 
then yeah, all all from here. So, how long were you out there as a hairdresser for? Tiff? Uh, I think I was out there for three years. Yeah, okay. yeah, roughly. Yeah. And um, Blackall's a town, big reliance on. Is it ag and mining out that way? Um, ag, yeah, yep. So more um, cattle and sheep mainly. So yep. yeah, yep. Not a lot of much else out there. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys there during any of the the tougher years with the the drought? Yeah, so we were there for the for a long bit of the drought. I think that's what sort of shut down a lot of the places out there and that. And yeah, it was funny because just a friend of mine that you know she still lived out there and she was saying about there's no hairdresser and all the rest of it. And yeah, so I just thought, oh, well, go out there, take the kids out there. I had a good childhood out there, so. Country kids are always, you know, good kids. So, thought, why not show them a bit of something different? So, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, awesome. We all loved it. So, yeah. In terms of the the country communities and having such reliance on ag, um, especially out that way, did you find yourself uh, as the hairdresser that you end up being someone that yeah people come to to maybe not to vent but to yeah have their <laughs> conversations with and a bit of a check in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, part of being a hairdresser, I guess, is yeah, a bit of psychology there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of always got to listen to everyone and you know, um, let them vent and sort of just be a shoulder to listen. And yeah, definitely, um, a lot of people out there, yeah, would come in and tell stories and you know the hard times and all that sort of stuff. It was pretty pretty difficult to hear some of the things that people had to do for their animals and, you know. And I vividly remember, like, there was a, a go- uh, older gentleman in his 80s and he was on the property by himself and um, he used to go out and, you know, chop the trees and stuff to feed the cattle and all that sort of stuff. And I remember I hadn't seen him for a while and he, um, he'd um, broken down in the paddock and had had nothing like you know and yeah they you know went and found him but he just worked all the time like day night you know and he just did it all I just I'll never forget that story that's for sure he's just amazing like what he done at you know such a ripe age yeah just doesn't doesn't know any any different doesn't know how to stop no not at all like they just go, 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 and they do what they've got to do, and you know. Absolutely, it's a bit. Oh, it makes me think of my uncle. He's he's the same, and they kind of just they don't know any different. And I actually feel like if they went and lived another lifestyle like now, it it'd um really affect them because they kind of just poke. But it is all about just that love yeah. of the animals. Yeah, it's just you know they they do, and they that they do the very best they can for those animals. They don't, you know not like them or mistreat them they do whatever they can to you know make the animals be the best that they can so yeah yeah and even there put put yourself they out are. for the for the yeah, sake of the animals that's right that's exactly right they you know put their lives in danger and they you know do the very best and it's not about them it's about you know what they've got to do for these animals and they've just done it generation by generation and they don't know any difference so you know, it would be very hard for them to to go and do something else because it's what they live, breathe, you know, it's it's their lifestyle. It's yeah. totally different, yeah. It's interesting, it, like the different people I chat to and it's people's whole kind of life gets tied to 
the farm or to yeah that that occupation that can be um yeah a lot of the time really good that passion but sometimes too it can be pretty challenging for them when it oh definitely yeah it's pretty ups or pretty downs like they don't see much in between you know it's probably a hard harder lifestyle than most that's for sure yeah, yeah. Mm. now it must be boring Ava she's had <laughs> enough of listening to us <laughs> <laughs> coming back to to the Antola piece and, and the Antola series obviously so we've chatted with all kinds of different people from Broker, who's a diamond dealer up in Kununurra, to Ewan, who's an oyster farmer, um, to you guys. And one thing that Alicia really wanted to do with her work with Antola and the different shirts was name them after people who are really inspiring and, and providing like that shining light of just why people from rural and regional Australia are just so incredible. And obviously Ava um, has, has a shirt of her own as well. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, can you describe the shirt for us? Uh, yeah, so it's a it's like a baby pink and white check shirt um, and then it's got um, quite nice little pink buttons and purple on the inside of the collar and on the inside of the cuff. Yeah, so it's it's really quite a cute little shirt and it's funny actually because Ava's, Ava's favourite colour is purple but yeah. everyone always thinks it's pink because... Mum seems to always buy pink clothes. <laughs> so it's it's a winner like it for us because, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh. <laughs> this is like, you know, everyone thinks, ah, oh, everyone says to her, ah, oh, is your favourite colour pink by any chance? And she's like, no, it's purple. <laughs> it's just so, my mum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a winner for us, yeah. Bit of pink, bit of purple. Hey. And... Really cool and um, that all of the different children's shirts. So uh, there was a campaign where a certain percentage of the sales were going back to the Ronald McDonald House here in southeast Queensland in Brizzy. And um, all the different shirts were named after either a kid who's currently in the house or has been through the house at some stage. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, well, I didn't know anything about all this sort of stuff before. Um, we've never been to Ronald McDonald House. We've never... You know, we've never had any of this. So it's quite amazing, the support and the different things that, you know, you get here at Ronald McDonald House because you don't hear of it very much. And what we've been given from in terms of um, supplies and opportunities and, you know, just everything in between with Ronald McDonald House is, is absolutely amazing. Like... Yeah, we couldn't be more appreciative of of that at all. How did um because I'm I'm the same, and I think yeah, you kind of when you become aware of it, it's through a friend or um through yeah maybe some some family potentially that have needed the services of Ronald McDonald House, and that's part of why we wanted to chat with you guys today. Was actually well yeah make more people aware of what Ronald McDonald House is um and, and what it does for different families. So. Yeah, how how was it? how did Ronald McDonald House come into your lives? Um, so we obviously like got the diagnosis the night before, and we got down here the next day and sort of checked in, and everything was very, very hard. It's very hard to describe. Um, we didn't actually have a diagnosis, but they they knew it was some sort of um, mass, as they called it. So you know, when it's all a 
it's all a very big blur um, when you first get here. But I can tell you that, like, they are very friendly. They were very welcoming. Um, it's very homely and you get to know, you know, the staff and, you know, everyone, you know, that's staying here and things like that. There's always someone or something, you know, here that gives you that homely feel and it's like I mean we've been here a year and I you know I couldn't ask for anything more um we've been well looked after um we've been supported yeah and the lengths that these guys go to every day you know it just it's amazing so yeah and in in terms of for you hey it's Nick here sheep farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives, those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. You guys, um, it is a home away from home. Are you still living in Harvey Bay or has this become home given uh, that you've been here for yeah so um yeah this is our home um we don't have a place to go to now um obviously with rent and things like that um and being away for so long so they initially said to us 18 months to two years um we'll be here for so uh yeah, we don't we don't currently have anywhere else to go. This is this is it for us and you know, it is quite scary to think, you know, one day we're going to have to leave here. Um where we're going to go or, you know, how we're going to do this is quite a challenge. Um and yeah, it's not something you think about because you've got so many other things to think about and so many appointments and you know, it it just becomes something that you don't really want to necessarily think about. But, you know, um, there's family support here and, and, the, and the people here are amazing. So, you know, when it's time for that, um, I know that I'll have a lot of support here at Ronald McDonald House. Um, I'm sure we'll all work together and, you know, something will happen. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit funny when you say, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, where do you live? Uh, Ronald McDonald House. <laughs> <laughs> they're like no yeah what's your address like what's your you know yeah um 283 Volta street south brisbane <laughs> yeah like that's our home so you know i i don't i don't suppose a lot of people have been in this situation i guess maybe a rare one i'm i'm not sure um but yeah it is quite quite different but would be i don't know where we'd be if we didn't have it that's yeah. that's the biggest thing you know um we'd be homeless like I I yeah I don't know where we'd be yeah honestly and in in terms of the some of the other families as well because there's there would be people that come for shorter stays longer stays like you guys as well so is it 
quite a, a big family in a sense? It's a massive family. <laughs> um, so there's obviously people that um, it's very hard to explain. So we all talk about it as, as our Ronnie Mac family. Um, so even when our kids go to school over at the hospital school, we're called the Ronnie Mac family. So, you know, it's all the kids from Ronnie Mac and they're all like family. So um, the people that I've met here and I've met some absolutely amazing people um, that will be my forever friends in life. Like you just, it's so different in the sense that this is our world and then we have our other world, which is what you guys would live. Um, and in this world, even though not everyone has the same diagnosis or the same story, but everyone understands because there's no child who's better than anyone else's child. All the children are equal. We all love the kids. We would all do anything for each other's kids. And, you know, it's it just becomes this massive bond that I don't think I've ever had with other people in my life. Um, you know, they can be complete strangers and, you know, you do anything, you know, to help them. It's... Um, you, you know what they're going through. You know what it's like to be in the situation that they're in. And, you know, we talk and, you know, p people can say anything to you or vice, like I could say anything to anyone. And there's no offence taken. There's no judgment. Um, you know, whereas when you talk to people outside of this world, as we call it, um, you know, there's... It's just totally different. They don't un quite understand. You know, you can explain, but until you've lived through this sort of thing, it's, it, you just, yeah, no one can really understand it, you know? Is there something, and obviously, uh, yeah, I'm outside of this world, so you can say it to me, but yeah. um, in terms of, it, yeah, when it comes to understanding like the Ronald McDonald House or, or you guys and what you're going through, is there something that you just wish people on the outside of, the house kind of knew about what happened look there's probably nothing in like in in particular that i could just say like you know i wish people knew this like yep. um <clears throat> it just becomes this one big family like it you know if the, we didn't have the support and the resources and the um you know obviously the funding and everything that goes into Ronald McDonald House, we couldn't have what we have. So, you know, just because everyone donates and, you know, the media and, you know, everything that's involved with Ronald McDonald House, the the donations of food and, you know, everything else, all of that brings all of this together. If we didn't have that, well, we wouldn't have this other, you know, this other world, basically. And, and it's amazing because it helps us through it, you know. So it's not only, you know, just Ronald McDonald House, it's everyone that supports and everyone that's involved. Like, it's, it's massive. It, it's jo not just one particular thing. Yeah, it's a huge community. Yeah, yep. Uh, you can't see my smile behind the mask because I think Caitlin will jump here in a second. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going, be, because obviously, so Caitlin has um, come down and, and so same for other families where they've got kids who aren't necessarily mm -hmm. the ones that are with the illness. So... What happens, like, for, for Caitlin and other kids that yeah, are, yeah. Uh, so, are part of it? Um, 
so when we got well it was a bit of a story actually but when we got diagnosed um so i was pulled out of the hospital room at nine o'clock at night and um my partner at the time he'd actually driven to rocky so about three three four hour drive um and he just got there because he was going to do a job up there for the weekend and um it's where my parents also live and i i got the diagnosis and i rang and I rang both my partner and and my mum and dad and my mum organised with my partner and they drove straight back down so they got back at like two o'clock in the morning or something and um, so we organised a meeting the next day and I just, you know, wanted everyone that I had full support and knew that Ava had support and for the doctor to explain to Ava but with everyone in the room, you know, so everyone had the same story. Um, so yeah, then obviously it was a bit of a rush. Um, we then organised for um, my older two children to to go with my mum back to Rocky, um, and then obviously we had to make a decision because we after we got down here and had diagnosis and you know treatment plan and stuff like that, we obviously had to um, organise the other children, um, and it's. It's hard because you wanna you wanna have them with you, but in a sense you want them to like because it's eighteen months to two years. You still want them to have a normal a normal life, you know. Mm. Um, so we had to make that decision, like whether we were going to keep them here and you know do our very best with all of them, or do we you know give them a good life with mum and dad and um, you know put put their needs you know as well um so we made that decision we made the decision that you know they would go and live with my parents in rocky um and try and have a reasonably normal life um which obviously makes it very hard hard on me but um you know it's selfish not to give them the best you know the best that you can you know that's that's what you try and do as a parent you know you want to you want to give them every opportunity and and the best the best thing so that was the decision we came with and that's what we went with but yeah Caitlin's come down now um so it's been a year and you know she's she's finding it a bit tough um she's um a teenager and obviously teenage years are hard and all that now but um yeah obviously with with a a sister who's got cancer that's obviously taken a toll on her as well so you know um I, I think she just sort of needed to come back down and and be with us for a little while and maybe hopefully that you know that will help her just being with us so that's the best she can do yeah yeah and in terms of school and things that how does does that work uh yeah so um <coughs> so they have a school at the hospital um so the kids can go to school at the hospital and yeah they're they're really good they they interact with their home school like their school where they're enrolled at home oh yeah um so they interact with them and find out what they're doing at school and all that sort of stuff and give them um support and all the rest of it so yeah it, you know the kids can go to school and still be in the environment and obviously it's a different kind of school but you know it's they get that support, you know, that they need. And, yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. 
Yeah, there's so many people behind the scenes, isn't it, that are, are playing a role that are, I'll say, superheroes in their own little yes. sense in their own pocket. Yes, yeah, yeah. Until you come into this, you have no idea how many how many people, you know, are in this sort of thing that do amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and, uh, well, I don't know if Ava can hear us, but in terms of... Um, yeah, some of Ava's friends and the other kids here. Like obviously, she's got all her friends back home, but would have built quite incredible relationships with some of the kids going through. Yeah, yep. So we've met um, some kids along the way. Um, the little guy that lives next door to us here at Ronnie Max, and um, he's got the same diagnosis as Ava, so he's only a little bit behind treatment of, of Ava, So, um, but he's only sort of two. So, uh-huh. um, But they've become quite close and... You know, they're, they're really good little friends. And then um, we've got some other friends and, you know, they've got five children now. So, um, but yeah, they've got, um, they've gotten along really well and um, they, they miss each other, like, because obviously they come back and forth for their child. But um, yep. yeah, when they're not here, it's, it's very quiet. And when they are here, it's, it's just amazing, you know. It's just that family vibe, and all the kids get along really well. So it's it's nice. They why well, they become like siblings, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the good, so. the good, and the, I'll say from the parents' point of view, the not so nice <laughs> yeah, part of yeah. where it's uh, maybe a little bit of um, wrestling and, and oh, fighting over toys and yeah, those things. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Yep. Running the corridors of Ronnie Max and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrorizing the place no um <laughs> no they're all pretty good kids and um but yeah that's i think that as well you know the kids they all have an understanding of this lifestyle when they come here and it, it's just totally different they accept kids for who they are and not not what they've got so you know it's it's just a great environment like and i'm sure ava will be friends with all these kids you know for the rest of her life as well because it's it's just so different yeah. 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 No, it is really special. And so for for you guys um, and other families that kind of come and then and then move on, but for you guys specifically, what's next for you? You mentioned that you've been here for twelve months. Yeah. Yep. So um, we've had a bit of a long road. So we did um, five rounds of induction chemo, um, and then we had surgery to remove the mass and. Then we did two bone marrow transplants and then uh, then radiation. So we've been on a little bit of a break at the moment. Um, and our next thing is um, immunotherapy. So that's the normal course of action for this type of cancer. Um, but Ava's going to do a trial. So uh, she's actually going to have chemotherapy with her immunotherapy. Um, so there's not a lot of kids on it in the world um and obviously it is a trial but uh that's our next stage so in the next couple of weeks i'd say we'll be starting on that and that goes for about six months um and then after that not really sure what happens we just sort of um take it one step at a time um you know ava's lost her hearing um in result of the chemotherapy and things like that so you know um there's a lot of side effects that go along with this. So, you know, um, her spine won't grow as much because she's had radiation on it and she'll have one leg shorter than the other eventually. And, 
um, because of radiation and, you know, she could end up with multiple um, things down the track, obviously. So, you know, this journey is never going to go away, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's here for the rest of Ava's life. Um, so, you know, you just got to take one day at a time. It's a massive roller coaster ride. Uh, you just, yeah, take day by day and hope for the best and prepare for the worst. That's, you know, probably can't be any more honest, like, really. It's yeah. just, yeah, you just plod along and do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're incredible, Tiff. <laughs> I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, just honest, mate. Just, yeah, yeah, it is how it is and, you know, not hi- like I, I never want sympathy from anybody or anything like that, you know. There's, you know, my child, when you when you first... You know, when you first get diagnosed and, it, and you know, well you, you're always never going to, th- like, you always think this would never happen to you. That's that's the way we are as humans. Um, you know, and you've always heard of somebody, but you don't actually know them or, you know, it, it's quite like that. Um, but, you know, Ava's no different to anybody else. We're no different to anybody else. We're just... You know, just everyday people. Um, And, you know, this is what we've been dealt and this is the, you know, what's happening for us. Um, And, yeah, I've just, I like to be real about it, you know. Um, I don't blame anyone. I don't, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's just what happens. Um, And, yeah, we just take as that as, as it comes. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, there's no no point getting angry or, you know, no point trying to blame someone. It's no one's fault. It's just how things work and, you know, you just got to do the best you can. Save the energy for where it can uh, really yeah. have an impact. That's it. Yep. That's it. And just be grateful, you know. It's just because one thing's, you know, not turned out how you wanted it to. Just got to be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on for a chat. I don't know if Ava wants to say a few words or say hi to anyone um, especially. Yeah, or how excited are you to get your shirt? Thank you, Antola. Well, we're certainly very excited to see the shirt and see so many other kids as well wearing the shirt and time back into Ava's story that's as well. That's if my family don't buy them all. <laughs> 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 uh, Is it uh, a hot, hot property, hot uh, auction? Yes, yes. I think I've got to send out a massive message um, t- when they get released. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be interesting. So, yeah, it would be pretty funny. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I thought we'd take the chance just to hear from Preshni Play who's the Executive Manager of Marketing and Communications with Ronald McDonald House in South East Queensland to find out a little bit more about what's behind Ronald McDonald House, what do they offer and how do they support people. Can you tell us a little bit more about Ronald McDonald House here in South East Queensland? Yeah, sure. So we um, are a charity that provides accommodation and support services for seriously ill or injured children and their families. So... Um, you know, we have three houses based in Brisbane and three family rooms. Um, 
learning program support. Um, you know, we provide a bit of a holistic approach to caring for the family. So as you would have heard from TIFF, um, the hospitals provide great clinical support. So we stay out of that world. Um, our job is to kind of create a normal environment for the family um, in a very um, extraordinary time in their lives. And, um, you know, we try to provide a bit of stability, roof over their head, meals for families, um, that comfort and support when you come back from the hospital and everything's really overwhelming. And um, as Tiff mentioned, your life just changes overnight. You know, you literally get a diagnosis and that happens a lot, whether it's an illness or an injury. And, um, you know, we're there to kind of wrap our arms around the families as they come in and, you know, do the best that we can, whether it's staff or volunteers and, you know, each year here at our, you know, Brisbane facilities, we support, you know, over 5,000 families. Um, so it's a lot of families, a lot of journeys, a lot of heartbreak, um, but a lot of hope as well. So I think it's um, it's amazing the resilience that you would hear from, from families who come through the door. And I know a lot of families talk about, you know, well, someone else has it worse than we do, so we should be really grateful. But um, as you mentioned, I think, you know, the families are superheroes themselves and, and the kids going through it and... You know, the siblings as well, you know, I think we always forget about what the siblings go through and how quickly your life has changed and, um, you know, they want to be a support for everybody, but we've also got to look after, you know, the other kids and make sure that they're okay and make sure that, you know, mum and dad and whoever's here, usually we get, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunties, uncles, you know, whatever the family dynamic is, we try to support them as best as we can um, through a very, you know, very devastating situation. Yeah. And, and for you personally, what, how long have you been in the role for and what um, attracted you to it? Yeah, sure. So I've been um, with the charity for about seven years now. So um, I've always been drawn into kind of working in the health and community services myself. I've had um, a serious illness growing up and have continued on with having um, an autoimmune disease. Um, so for me, it was always about working in an environment where I was able to provide, you know, that ongoing support and um, feel like I'm making a bit of a difference, whether it's, you know, behind the scenes or, you know, doing some marketing things. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that I can create a, a real difference to people's lives and, and working with charity was just something that I was always drawn to. Um, and, you know, meeting wonderful people like, you know, Tiff and Ava and Caitlin, you know, just kind of puts everything into perspective. You know, I think when you're having a really hard day at work you kind of look around and you think wow I don't um I don't have it that bad when I you know think of all the things that you know the kids and the families are going through so yeah it's been a real privilege to work for the charity and um you know I think we do some great work and you know we continue to grow every year so you know looking forward to seeing us being able to deliver more support to families. Well thank you so much for letting us come in for a chat today and for from my perspective just finding out a little bit more about what you guys do and uh, and meeting you, you got Tiff, Ava and Caitlin as well. So pretty. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Cool. cool.